What's what? up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Love That For You podcast. You've got your hosts, Pat and Jules, here. I wonder if people like hearing that. They probably now don't. Now it's a thing. <clears throat> now and it's a... they probably don't notice that every time we start an episode, I'm out of breath. <laughs> no, I do, Be- because uh, when I edit the episode, it's a lot of breathing from Yes, you. because... Right when we start the episode, Julia starts the recording and we do like five to ten seconds of like no noise. And Julia always yeah, says, stop breathing. So I like hold my breath until she's like, You don't okay, have to go. hold your breath. You could just well, not you breathe say, loudly. Stop breathing. <laughs> so it's another Wednesday or whatever day it is that you're listening to this, I guess. Yep. It's another day. If you are on the East Coast, you have probably been experiencing some rain and some gray. Like the worst Because we are weather. on like day four of it right now. Yeah. And it is, I mean, all things considered, like it's been rainy and it's been very gray um, compared to the impact of the hurricane in, in Florida and some of the places further south. Like this is not bad at all. Yeah. But it has been going on for yeah, we're on day four now, and then I feel like the first day was kind of nice, and now it's just like my excuse every day to like do nothing. Yeah, because it's so gloomy out, and I don't do well in the gloom really. Yeah, it's been very gray, been very rainy, um, and actually, when I went to the gym this morning, the thermometer on the car said it was forty something degrees out. That's too cold. Which we're getting cold quick here. I mean, it is October, best month of the year. Best month in my of the opinion. Year. <clears throat> is it your favorite month? I'm not sure if it's my favorite month. I don't think I have a favorite month. What? It's just not something I've ever like. Wow. Thought about having a favorite one of, but um I just I love it because of like the fall and Halloween and my birthday and the weather. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. And we had our actually we're coming up on our wedding anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Our Crazy. wedding celebration anniversary. Yes. 1 year ago almost, which is wild so yeah here we are here we are um so we had this really fun idea whatever it was sunday sunday was probably the worst weather day um of the few we've had just kind of and it was a sunday so we were like sweatpants couch movies it was that kind of day all day yeah and then at like 3 30 i think we we're like okay we can't do this anymore so we ended up going to see a movie, which was, um, we saw Bros, mm-hmm. which was, I think we both really liked it, actually. It was I think we really both good. Loved it. Yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs> uh, funny experience of it, though. Um, I Is didn't say that. That's not what I said. <laughs> we go to, we went to the theater here, and the theater here is, um, it's like part restaurant, part bar, part movie theater. And so we go in, we sit down, we're like, okay, we're 20 minutes before the movie's supposed to start. We sit at the bar, we have a glass of wine, we go get a bin of popcorn, we walk into the movie. We are literally the only people in there. Mm -hmm. Like, not one other person was in there. Yeah. It was kind of fun. I mean, I like that place. It's not just like your typical like Regal Center. It's like Mm -hmm. a little like speakeasy vibe type movie theater. Um, You can get wine, which I think a lot of movie theaters are like that now. But it was just like a smaller theater than because we're in like a smaller town. So I like that place. It's good. It's smaller, but there's still 120 seats. Yeah. And we were the only people. Yeah. But it it, it is more of like a boutique experience, I'd say. Just it's not like, yeah, going to Regal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and then the movie, we both really liked it. There, I think the movie is 
um you know it's probably listed as like a rom-com or definitely like uh comedy throughout and we both laughed pretty hard yeah um at a lot of things in it and and then we were t- talking about it afterwards and there are just some really good storylines in it that I guess we weren't expecting or um, that were just, I don't know, really made us think um, and have some good conversation around. Yeah, so the the movie is, I think it's probably listed as like a rom-com, definitely comedy. We laughed throughout the entire movie. Um, but there were some storylines in there that were just like so well told and so well delivered. And like afterwards, we were like still laughing, but we were like, oh my gosh, there's stuff in here that's deep and made us think. Um, And I think, you know, maybe the biggest story there is, I mean, the the whole movie um, is about uh, a gay um, relationship and it's a, um, a gay man trying to navigate, they're in New York City, right? Yeah. Navigate life in New York City as a, a uh, professional, a creative, and a gay man. And I think for us, we had said, and, and the movie, it's rated R. They, you know, sex is definitely a big part of it. And we were like, wow, that's the first time we really remember seeing like gay sex portrayed in a movie like that. Yeah. Um, and it it was eye-opening in the sense that we were like wow this is like a realization to us that you're right we haven't seen that type of love um like in mainstream media mainstream movies yeah ones that we've seen i i couldn't think of any other one the other one we thought of was like broke back mountain Mm -hmm. but it was a good movie and yeah it's definitely not like it was definitely i after the movie said to pat i was like this is the first movie where i've ever seen stuff like that which is definitely like a groundbreaking moment i think that's kind of the whole point of what they were trying to do with the movie and like yeah trying to just like and like it's something we can't relate to you know yeah so yeah i think that's the other part that was like a big piece of the storyline and the main character is a um i i don't he's an outspoken um man and he's like throughout my whole life i've always been told to like tone it back like and then he meets the, I don't know if we, well, I what? feel like I'm spoiling the movie now. And it's like such a new movie that a lot of people are going to yeah. see it. But so we don't have to get into more, I guess, too much more of it. But there are just so many storylines to the movie that I'm like, not only was this a funny movie, this was a movie that I walked out of like thinking about life and yeah. thinking about other people's experiences and how it's different and just kind of gave me, I feel like a new understanding of yeah. of that. Yeah. I think so. I think it was just like a good eye-opening movie, and that's exactly what I think they were trying to get across. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it it was good, and you will laugh your butt off. Actually, before before we went into the movie and we were sitting at the little bar having wine, we were like, "This wine is definitely going to help us laugh more." Yeah. I feel like it did. Yeah, maybe life is always a little. I better also want to see the Hello Dar. Is it Hello Darling? No, mm, I don't know. Something Darling. That's the one with Harry Styles. Yeah, and just like it has like a bunch of cast, good cast, I think. I haven't seen any like previews for that. It's I feel like it's literally everywhere. If you've been no. on the internet, you've seen it. I have not seen it. Mm. I don't know. Okay. 
I don't believe you. Maybe I, I'm, maybe I've seen. It, I just haven't taken note of it. Yeah. And now I'll probably just see it everywhere. Yeah. So we basically just watched movies on Sunday and then went to the movie on Monday, and we've been just waiting for the weather to clear so we can, I don't know, get back to life. We have a pretty busy October. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. <laughs> we mm-hmm. both do. We both do. Yeah. It's a big month for a lot of reasons. It is a big month for a lot of reasons. If you are listening and you celebrate Yom Kippur, happy Yom Kippur. Um, for all my fellow Jewish people out there, that is the holiday on Wednesday when this episode comes out. So just wanted to put it out there for anyone else who celebrates. That's it. <laughs> I was trying to think. Well, I don't. you said happy Yom Kippur. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's a happy. Well, it's supposed to be like a time to like know and understand and like your sins and stuff but it's i mean yeah i feel like a lot of holidays are uh like the deeper meaning to them but a lot of the like merry christmas or happy yom kippur or whatever Mm -hmm. like while it's not always a like joyous big reason to celebrate there are a lot of people celebrate in a joyous way with you know, getting together with family or friends or whatever. Um, yeah. Which I guess that's the happy part of it. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god, this is so sweet. It's like, have, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look. I'm Here. not buying this for you again. You look. You look. It says there's no sugar, but there's. Do you not feel like it's so sweet? It's like a fruit punch. Yeah, it's like having a snow cone. It's like a Capri Sun. I got Pat this energy drink the other day because I know he likes them and I try to find like the organic ones. It's disgusting. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm like a one cup of coffee in the morning and then I feel like these damn energy drinks and they're not good for you. They're not good they're for not you. Good and for I don't you. have them very often, but when I do, it does feel like, it feels like a reward. And I don't know, but, um, yeah, no, we, we always talk about the books that Julia is reading. Because I think a lot of the books she reads Oh my God, I can't get through the book I'm reading though, so. It's a bad one? I don't know. I'm just forcing myself to finish it at this point. It's not, I mean, I guess it's kind of bad if I'm not like into it. Yeah. It's been like more than a month that I've been trying to read this and I'm like How much more of it do you have left? Like I'm still like halfway through. Oh. Hmm. It's just. Yeah. Well, we we don't always talk about the books that I'm reading and that's probably because I don't read as often as Julia and they're boring. No, they're not boring. Um. They're just different. They're not boring. They're very different. They're, I always say self-help, but that makes it sound like they're like. They are. Is that what, is that the yeah, genre? Yeah, like non-fiction, self-help. Non-fiction, self-help. Yeah, like self-growth type books. Um, so the one I'm reading right now is called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. Wow. And it's deep. Deep. Yeah. And it's by the author Donald Miller. I read one of his other books uh, a few years ago, really liked it. I saw this one was recommended by somebody, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy it and read it. And I'm just under halfway through it, and I'm really liking it so far. His whole, um, or the whole point of the book is, like, to live your life like it's a story being told, and he talks about like what makes a good story and there's always like, you know, a main character, a villain, a challenge, overcome the challenge to, you know, meet the, um, 
like what you can win when you overcome a challenge. Mm -hmm. And the way he brings it up in this book is, and he, he talks about, um, and this is like true story. He was a author. He, one of his other books was like a New York times bestseller sold millions of copies. He had, you know, he talks about, he's like, I thought I had hit the, the pinnacle of my career, the pinnacle of my life. I've sold a book like this. And he went back home after like celebrating that. And he kind of like had this epiphany of like, well, what do I do now? Like my life is just kind of boring. And two producers for a movie reached out to him and said, Hey, we want to write a, produce a movie about your memoir that you had written about your life. And he sat down with these writers and producers to, you know, script out the movie and everything. And he realized that his life was boring. And the whole purpose of the book is trying to get people to his whole like foundational thing is like, take risks, do what you want to do, like try it. You've got one life to live. You've got, you know, you're writing your life story as you live it. And that's the type type of books and stuff that I like. I, I love it, actually. Um, really motivational to me. Um, yeah. God. Julia doesn't always agree with these types of books, but... What, was the, what did I say to you that I was like? Well, one of his things is, um, you know, if there's things you're thinking about doing, if there's things you want to try, like, you're better off trying and, like, maybe not getting the outcome you want. Uh, you're better off doing that than not trying. And, um, you know, the, the big part there is being okay with whatever outcome. I think I can't imagine a life where we don't try things and we're not experiencing or just going for things, even if that means, I don't want to say failure, but even if it means not the outcome that you want. But I also, I understand, like, I think it's, hard it's really hard to always be taking risks to always be going after something where you're it's it's exciting it's nerve-wracking and it's all of these things but when i look back on like our life so far mm-hmm. and i'm like half of the things that have happened to us is because of risk taking is because of not stopping and and just being aware of like this is one life and what and I, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode just about like yeah. what you're going to look back mm-hmm and think but it's like a lot of it is about trying things and i think a lot of people get really stuck in the fear of trying and the fear of risk taking because of failure and what that would feel like Mm -hmm. when a lot of times it actually doesn't feel bad yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right um i think i've talked about this on an episode before and it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I don't know if it's something I'm going to do, but I want to do it, is like, um, so for a Catholic funeral, there's at the funeral, a eulogy is written and then read about the person who passes on. and But you write it yourself? No. Oh. But I want to write my own. Ah. And just say, like, this is the... Lo- and doing it right now with the objection or objective that I'm not going to die anytime soon. So, like, w- what do I want to be said at my eulogy? What do I want to be said at my funeral? Like, what do I want to be remembered for and remembered as? And I think that kind of, like, for me, creates a little bit of 
like a guiding mission of how I want to live my life. Yeah. I was going to say like, well, what a, why write it now when you have no idea how like the next three quarters of your life is going to go or whatever. Yeah. When that could change a lot of your perspective on yourself or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely things could happen that would change, but I don't know if it would change that much based on like, I want to live my life in a way that no matter what I'm doing or a matter of what, no matter what happens or happens around me or happens for me, doesn't change how I live my life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's definitely like a philosophical thing Yeah. that like we've been talking about. And yeah, I think you guys as listeners probably hear us a lot and you know, we do do things in our lives that are risky. We do do things that, you know, I think a lot of people wouldn't do. Um, and for us, like sometimes that chaos is, is good for us and sometimes it's not. Yeah. But I don't know, reading this book, I kind of was like, okay, it gave me a, a little bit of confidence, um, to just keep going, just to keep living, just to keep doing things that make me happy or doing things that make you happier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting topic, definitely. And I think just like when you think about like risk taking, when I think about people that I feel like don't take risks, I guess it it's scary to me. But it's like, well, it's their life. Of course, it's their happiness. Like yeah. they can do whatever they want. If that makes them happy, that makes them happy. But I think there's just like this level of taking risks and being okay with the outcome no matter what that will have you thinking about your life differently and will have you thinking that you lived a more fulfilled life mm -hmm. than if you look back and realize that you absolutely did nothing. Yeah. And didn't try anything or didn't take any of those risks. Yeah. I mean, you're right. There's definitely no like right way to live. You've got to live within a live within a story that like you're happy to tell. So for some people that is, or for us, that means risk. For us, that means trying things. It's not, it's, there's no and, right way to live, of course, but there is a way to look back on your life and think about, I'm almost just saying like, how can you look back without taking any risks Yeah. and be like, wow, that was very fulfilling. Well, for us, we say you only get one life. You only get like one attempt at this. Therefore, we're going to take these risks. We're going to do it. Where you could, I can hear somebody else saying, you only get one life, so why are you taking such big risks? Like, I there, yeah. I only get one life, therefore I'm going to do the things that are like safe and not, I don't mean physically safe, but things that are like safe and make me comfortable and mm -hmm. don't give me sleepless nights, right. right? Like, why would I want that extra stress? Why would I want that, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the same, like you start both those sentences saying, you have one life to live. Do you take risks or... Do you not take risks? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, that was just, you know, something we wanted to mention. I feel like our episodes lately have been like, let's chat about something deep in the beginning and then let's get into an episode. <laughs> it is the first of the month, so it is our advice column episode. So we had you guys write in like we usually do, and we're going to just answer some of your questions. Questions? 
You know what I mean? Some of your questions. So we're learning that a lot of the ones that people write in are relationship advice, which is good because I think that's kind of our our niche a little bit. But this is one that came in through DM. It says, okay, I need advice. I've been in a long distance relationship for almost two years. Next year, we are planning on moving to the city where he grew up. All his lifelong friends and family live there, and I have no one there but him. I'm okay with that because that's a type of sacrifice I'm willing to make because I love him. Weirdly enough, the first day I met him, I told him I would move anywhere in the world, but the second I want to have a kid, I'm moving back to my home hometown to be close to my parents. He's known this from the beginning. Recently, we had a very emotional conversation because he brought up the fact that he doesn't know if he could ever be okay with moving away from his home state. He knows this is a deal breaker for me, but I'm confused because I'm not planning on having kids for another five to six years. I've tried explaining to him we have no idea what life is going to be like at this point, so why are we ruining our relationship over something that hasn't even crossed my mind? We haven't even moved in together, so I'm wondering if this is his way of saying he doesn't see a future with me. Someone told me that if he loved me enough, the fear of losing me would be greater than the fear of moving from his home state. Um, I don't know if I necessarily just will get into the whole thing, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with the fear of loving. Can you move that? Mm-hmm. It just might affect the thing. The fear of losing me. Wait, what was it? The fear of losing me. The fear of him losing her would make him want to move to be with her, wherever she is. I just think that um, while that is true in like a mentality state or like an emotional state, I think that a lot of people have these specific deal breakers and like ways that they want to live their life. And although it might be like a sad realization as like your lives don't match up in that way, that doesn't mean like he doesn't love you. I guess that's just what I'm trying to say is like, and and I agree with it partially because I do think like, yeah, some people will move across the country or whatever to be with someone that they love, but that doesn't mean that if he, you know, you're on different areas. So if he wants to be where his family is and you want to be where your family is and that's deal breakers for both of you, then that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think essentially what you're saying is like, you can be two good people that have the full intention of living and loving each other together forever. But in a practical sense, that do- if that doesn't work out, then that doesn't work out. Yeah. It doesn't have to be um, like if you both have laid out deal breakers and they are like the same, the same and you're not willing, then, yeah, maybe not, you know, the right thing. I think for me, when I was reading this. This is so far getting ahead of yourselves to the point where it's like, why are we even figuring this out? And honestly, that's for both of you, right? The girl who wrote that in and the boyfriend. Both of you need to be like, let me take a step back. Do I want to move in with this person in their hometown right now? And she was like, yeah, I'll move there. Be with him. Okay, well, go do that. Go enjoy. You're putting... The idea of when you have a kid, which you said is five or six years down the line, ahead of other things that, or you're putting that before like all these other million things are going to happen. Like if you want to move there, go move there, be with him. Who knows? You might find being near his parents is better than being near your parents. Or you might call off your relationship and something happens in your hometown where you don't want to be there anymore. 
Like, yeah, there, there's so many things that you're bringing up that include like unknowns that you're you're getting so far ahead of yourself and worrying about things that are just not to be worried about at this point. I mean, I understand the like if you you try to match up your values, you don't want to move all the way for someone if like at the end of the day, it's not going to end up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying too. I think actually we had a similar situation like that that we still haven't totally figured out in our relationship. I mean, like we years ago started talking about how we wanted to raise our kids like mm-hmm. religiously yeah. or not religiously or whatever because one, religious or not, two, Catholic or Jewish type of yeah. thing. And we were like, oh, we'll mix it. We'll do that. And then we were just kind of got to a point where we were like, wait, these aren't deal breakers for us, but like we don't, we will have to come to a conclusion of some point. And we still today haven't even really done that yeah. because we were like, it's not going to make or break us. We're going to figure it out because we love each other. We will figure this out. Let's just put it on pause for now. And we've since then got engaged, moved in together, got married, had a dog, had yeah. a dog, got yeah. a dog, like all of this stuff that we've done. And then we're like, well, I just know that we will figure it out and it'll be a conversation that we do have. But yeah, it's like for us, it's like, it's not something that's going to break our marriage, you know? Yeah. And I do think before that, maybe if you had asked either one of us, is how you raise your kids a deal breaker? We both maybe would have said yes. And then we meet each other, have different religious backgrounds and beliefs. And now we're like, okay, that's something that I once would have said as a deal breaker, but now I'm willing to work through. I mean, one thing that I was thinking about also is... If you and I, when we had first met, had said, like, kids in a hometown where our parents are, that would mean Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And now, if we were like, we're living in Pennsylvania because that's where our hometown is and that's like hometown, hometown. And now both of our parents are moving from there, right? So now when we had met five or six years ago, if we had said Pennsylvania. Well, now we just don't want to live there. (laughs) But yes, that, I that's, know. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like we're putting change. together and then our parents are like, well, we're not going to stay here. What are you guys talking about? Like, yeah. we want to live our lives. And all that to say, like, you're getting way ahead of yourself. Yeah. Okay. Hi. So my boyfriend and I have been dating for over six years now, but engagement and living together don't seem to be on the horizon. My boyfriend is about six months out from finally finishing his master's degree and has said that he doesn't want to live together until that's finished. Every time I've brought it up in the past, it feels like a touchy subject because I don't want him to make a decision only because I'm putting some pressure on it and I don't want to hurt his feelings. However, he doesn't seem to have a timeline or plan for making these things, making these things progress. So Jules, how would you approach this topic in a way that would lead to a productive answer while being gentle? And Pat, can you provide anything from a guy's point of view that may make me feel better or provide more clarity? Thank you guys so much in advance. I love listening to y'all's podcast. Yay, we love you. Um, yeah, I think... Do you want to go first? No. Okay. Pressure's on you. I think, you know, you've been together for six years. It's That's a long time. I don't know how old you are. I understand his point of view of wanting to finish his master's degree to an extent. I understand, like, wanting to just kind of figure out that part of your life. That's kind of what we did, like... I was like, I do want to figure out like where I'm going with my career. But at the same time, I really didn't start that until we just were together. Um, I feel like there's also a point where for him to say that he doesn't want to 
live together until that's finished and like won't really talk about it with you I think that's like kind of an excuse for something I don't know what it is because I feel like why would you not just want to experience this to while being together like you living together or you getting engaged does not stop him from doing anything that he wants to do so sometimes I feel like guys maybe put excuses in their heads or in their significant other's heads to like they don't want to share what's actually going on I don't know I I don't Mm -hmm. know obviously I don't know your situation but I just feel like I don't agree with him not wanting to do these things with you because of something else completely unrelated in his life um I would have like a more serious conversation and be like listen it has been six years I'm not pressuring you to propose to me I'm not pressuring you to finish your master's degree early or anything like that I want to be there with you while you do these things but I want to know that we're headed in the right direction I feel like the only way to really get an answer is like sit him down and be like this is just kind of become too much for me and I want you know to talk about it with you and not make him feel the pressure but a little bit yeah yeah uh I agree I think with most of what you're saying it sounds like this guy doesn't exactly know how to lead you to the promised land lead you to an engagement lead you to you know what what you're looking for the um you know, the engagement, the marriage. And who knows, maybe it's because like masters is like kind of a, like getting his masters, he wants to finish that is a cover up of, well, he wants to be more secure in his financial position or he wants to make sure he can afford the right ring or he wants to make sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's valid. But like kind of getting like, I mean, I, I did my masters during COVID when life was terrible and like, it, it it's not it's very doable getting your masters and doing mm-hmm. other shit so it's not like you can't put your life on hold for one thing yes exactly so getting to a little bit of like behind and him saying like him needing to be able to say yes i'm hesitating to move in or move in or get engaged or whatever because i don't make enough money or because I still want to go out and party every night or whatever. And you need to be prepared for those answers. I think the other thing that uh, struck me while you were saying is like, how do I bring it up in a way where it doesn't hurt his feelings or like, yeah, you can hurt his like, feelings. You're allowed to hurt his feelings. And if you keep bringing it up in a way where it doesn't hurt his feelings, you're going to keep getting the same answer. And One of the best ways to be able to communicate in a relationship is by having hard conversations where not everybody's going to keep their cool. Not everybody's going to like talk calmly, like people's feelings are going to get hurt, but you work through that and come out the other side better. And you need, if this is something that is so important to you, you need to like be stern. You can get angry. You, you obviously wrote in this few paragraphs so this is something that is on your mind you are good to go to him and say look here's where i'm at i think you're acting like a little baby hiding behind your masters tell me what's going on because this is what i want and if you're not the person to give me what i want i will go find that person and that's not a 
like you're not looking for a okay well then i'll do it you're not pressuring him into say great then let's get engaged you're looking for a better conversation that makes you feel more comfortable with it i think it's funny that and it is funny that women feel like they can't hurt men's feelings Mm -hmm. or anyone's feelings that we think that we are not allowed to hurt someone's feelings in and i'm not saying like out of your way you're going to go hurt someone's feelings to be mean it's just that feelings don't always have to line up and that we don't always have to be like so taken back and shy and stepping around people to make sure they're always comfortable when in this situation it's not going to be comfortable no but you're living your life uncomfortably Right. So you're either going to have an uncomfortable conversation that is going to get you to an answer or a higher level of comfort, or you're going to continue like tiptoeing around. Exactly. And this doesn't mean like you're not intentionally going in to hurt feelings. You're not going in and being like, no, it's just knowing that you're allowed to like take a stance. Yeah. You're allowed to have your position. You're allowed to have hard conversations. You're allowed you're to being feel reasonable. uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and don't go in attacking and say whatever, but. I think about this a lot for someone who isn't even pregnant. I worry about having kids and losing the marriage my husband and I have. We've been married for two years and he's absolutely my best friend. He's so caring and attentive and I worry when we have kids, we'll lose that. I really do want to have kids with him, but I also don't want to lose the marriage and becoming parents like most people tend to do. Very accurate. Very Mm -hmm. relatable. I can relate to this. Yeah. I think I try to seek answers in people who have gone through something similar like this or have this fear or who have had kids or whatever because i'm like please tell me that you have like this amazing outcome and it is hard to come by people who are like everything was perfect like you have nothing to worry about and i think that is the scary part especially for women yeah yeah i don't know i mean definitely relatable the comment written in I don't, I mean, we don't have an answer for that because right. we've never done that. We don't have kids. Um, I think about Willow and how you give her way more affection than you give me. <laughs> and that will probably be 10x if it was our own little human we made rather than a dog that we bought. But um, it, it's definitely a common, like you are absolutely not alone in that fear. Um, again, being able to talk about it, being able to you know, air that fear out, mm-hmm. I think will will help you become more comfortable with the thought of it and your your spouse or partner, you know, like have them become comfortable with it too. I also think that it has to just kind of be this thing that's okay. And I think maybe your fear is that he is going to be less attentive to you. One, yes, it's probably going to happen. But two, you also might find yourself being in the exact same position where you're being less attentive to your husband. And it's kind of just like, I think... Going into us having conversations about kids, we're like, I'm like, I know that things are going to be different. And I think that's what is preparing you for kids. I think that's what maybe puts you in a state of like, okay, you're ready because you understand the responsibility. You understand that things are going to change Mm -hmm. and being kind of okay with that, but also being aware that like, it doesn't have to be like, you know, losing the marriage. Like you say, people tend to do. It doesn't have to be like that, but because you're aware then that's not going to happen. And and maybe you'll have a few days or weeks where you're like, wow, we've really been off. We just had a baby. Yeah. But now you can kind of work on it knowing how aware you are of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that we always talk about whenever we talk about kids, which is not often, but like our relationship comes first before our relationship with our kids or our future kids. And that is not like 
I think that's not like the common traditional thought. Like once you have a kid, that kid comes first for everything. And that's a, I like, I understand where that sentiment comes from, but I think in like practicality, like you have to put your marriage or your relationship first and then the kid can come second. And that's hard. I actually saw a thing recently that was like, I come first and then our relationship and then the kids come third. And I think we probably both agree with that. I don't know if we've ever thought of that. Like, even before I can love you and make you happy, I have to love myself and make myself happy. It's like if you can't love yourself, then you can't love your spouse. And if you can't love yourself and your spouse, then you can't love your kids. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hi, Pat and Jules. I'm currently in my senior year of college studying psychology. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with the fact that I have not had an internship and I worry I won't find a job. Do you think it's important to have an internship? Is it too late? Am I doomed finding a job? Thank you. Um, Absolutely not. Okay. Is it hot take? Internships are not that important these days. Uh, I had one internship and I was yeah, well, your cleaning career path closets. Is just, yeah. Well, but I know, on I, a resume, yeah. it's experience. And I think definitely having a internship is... Like it's, it's part of a resume. It's part of the journey. It's part of the process. Absolutely not is having a, uh, internship like the end, right? It's not going to open a million doors. It's not going to close a million doors. If you don't have an internship, you know, for me, every job I ever had was based on like a previous relationship, Mm -hmm. right? So it was like, even my internship, I was interning with my the company that my brother worked for. Like he got me an internship there. So I was like, okay, great. And then my first job out of that, it was my best friend's cousin who hired me and my best friend to do work there. Well, my point then, is, is that it is a lot about connections. Exactly. It's way more about connections and who you know and who you're you're willing to talk to about these things. And hey, I'm looking for a job. Can you put me in contact with this person here? Or, you know, like that. Put... Put that ahead of just getting an internship. Yeah. I think that's definitely not too late and you will find a job and you're still in college. So it's like, don't put the pressure on yourself to worry about already having the job and it'll come. Yeah. I feel like. Okay. I really need help and I know you and Pat can help me work through it as an outsider. Hmm. Wow. We're like therapists. Currently, I'm single, but seeing my ex. Ooh. Okay. We don't fight and we have fun. We are like besties and very comfortable. I know my ex and I have a great connection and he'd love me no matter what. He always has. He's a very content, simple person. I, on the other hand, feel like there's too much to my life and you've got to experience it all. I feel anxiety because if I were going to date, I was, we, if I, if we're going to date, we're going to get married. This is why we broke up in December, 2021. We lived together and I moved out. I'm 24 and can't be with someone for however many more years until marriage and waste their time or mine. The thought of marriage scares me because what if I settle down with someone but realize there's someone better out there for me? How can someone be better if at the end of the day, he loves me and that's rare and and most important. So how do you figure it out? Going on other dates makes me feel guilty if none of those work out and it makes me feel like going back to my ex is settling. It seems unfair to him. Just break it off completely with my ex and do me. See what falls into place. Hope this makes sense. LOL. I love you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A lot is going on here, but um, this is the thing. One, it is okay to feel like what if I get married and it's – wait, what did she say? What if I get married and feel like there's something else out there for me? 
Everybody feels that. Oh, they do? I just think... Just kidding. Everybody has... I'm, I'm saying that your thoughts are very normal. Mm-hmm. Number two, you know that your ex is not for you. You lived together. You moved out. You're dating again. You know you don't want to waste his time. You don't want to waste your time. It's not your person. The thing that most people in this life, I feel like, do is get comfortable with someone and think that that is enough because love is enough when I personally think that love is not necessarily enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I. I it's more than just love. Yeah. It's more than I, comfort. I agree. I think while you were reading that, there are a few things that kind of like popped into my head. And the one thing that she said was that he loves me for who I am and that's rare. And most and, important. And most important. Mm-hmm. And I think both of those comments are wrong. That's not rare and that's not most important. Um, I think your perception and your understanding of like love and relationships is that the comfort that your ex brings to you is the most valuable thing. When you are writing this in, knowing that you that is not the most important thing to you, mm-hmm. right? Like you are saying he makes me comfort, comfort, he makes me feel love, he makes me feel this when that's not what you want. And that is not what everybody wants. Some people, that love and that comfort absolutely is enough. Mm -hmm. I think for Julia and I, like we were in love with each other, but then we were more in love with who we could become together. And that is like, what we are becoming together is not through comfort. What we are trying to become together is through like, hardship and also like being uncomfortable being uncomfortable absolutely and in your mind or how it comes off when this is when like you read this it's like you kind of have this feeling of like i'm settling and that is not a good foundation to any relationship any serious long-term committed relationship that you're trying to build you don't want to feel like you're settling yeah the idea that you guys lived together and tried it and it didn't work like to me that says a lot like you had enough conviction to move in and then enough conviction to move out and now you're moving backwards because of the comfort yes and And because he's good to you the guess what there's more than that the comfort at 24 can be amazing but that comfort that you have at 24 feels very different at 30 when you're relying on comfort because your relationship and you as an individual are going to go through so many things that you're going to want more and you already know that's what you're looking for. So I think for me, it's like not pretty, but break it off, call it off, like create your distance. Yeah, you already know what like you want. You know what you want. Now you're just looking for the confidence to go do it. And that's and, such a step forward than a lot of people. Yeah. And you have to take that step, but then you also have to take advantage of that, right? You're saying, I want to end it there because I want to pursue other guys or I want to pursue other relationships or I want to pursue something professionally. Like if you're going to get that freedom, take advantage of the freedom and like go do. I think it's also, you know, you want somebody, of course, who makes you feel comfortable, but you also want somebody who in your comfort together makes you feel like you can accomplish literally anything and you can do anything and you can almost feel uncomfortable with that person together, if yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
I have no idea what to do with my life and even the smallest responsibilities overwhelm me. I've been in a loop of procrastination for years and I have no idea how to move forward. Hmm. I feel like I know this person. I feel like I am this person. <laughs> what? Just kidding. The smallest of responsibilities overwhelm me as well. <laughs> yeah. Like little things overwhelm me more than big things. I get overwhelmed by like having to do like daily tasks. But when it comes to like this big thing over my head, this big project, that doesn't overwhelm me as much as like little things overwhelm me because I feel like you want to be moving forward and you want to be like accomplishing these big things. And when like the little things get in the way, that is seems like the harder part because it's more day to day. Yeah. So I understand that. Um, being in a loop of procrastination for years is not a fun thing. I do not like that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I, I mean, what comes to mind for me <coughs> is what we were talking about earlier in this episode, talking about like your life being a story. And the most boring stories are when people are just looping around. And yeah. like you need to get out of that. You want to get out of it. And it's even though you might not know exactly what you want to do or, you know, go try, go experience. You might not know all that. Like, find one thing and then just go do it. Like, yeah. just go try it. I um, I just I was so one of the guys I used to work with. He's my guess now. He's probably maybe late, very late sixties, maybe early seventies. And I texted him. Uh, his birthday was this weekend. I said, "Happy birthday, Coach. Uh, hope you're having a great day. Hope you're doing well." He said, "Thanks. Hope you're doing well as well. How you doing?" I said, "Thanks. All is well here." navigating married life and still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And he replied, whatever you do, just don't grow up too fast. And he's 70 and he's like, yeah, just like, it just kind of like casual. Like it, we put so much pressure on ourselves to like know what we're doing and where we want to go and what we want to be and what we want to like. Also living up to like hustle culture and thinking that, you know, procrastinating is like knowing you have something due and you're waiting to the last minute yeah. i don't even know if i get like procrastination from not knowing what you want to do that's like yeah. you know that just takes time that's not necessarily procrastinating it's like putting off things that are due and waiting to the last minute to do things like that's more yeah. of what it is yeah and i think all of it it's like just stop procrastinating and just start doing like mm -hmm. whatever you're contemplating whatever you're thinking about just go do like yeah. kind of break out of that cycle and breaking out it of that cycle good. yeah it it will feel good it might feel hard at first it might feel you know difficult it will be difficult but you will feel better getting out and learning and growing as a person versus yeah. like writing in and saying being stuck in this loop yeah okay that's it I think that's all. That's all we have for today. Running out of time. So um, thank you guys for writing in your responses. I hope we give some good advice. I feel like a lot of them obviously like, you know, we can't relate to absolutely everything, but I think we just kind of think of situations and like how we would handle them and like what we would do and whether they're right or wrong. It's it's not really about that. It's just kind of like our perspective and our thoughts. And hopefully it gives you another way to think about your situation, you know? Yeah. Um. So that's it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Wait, 
I forgot Wait. to mention Uh-oh. the posts on our Instagram lately. If you guys follow the Instagram, then you've probably seen some of like the reels. And sometimes we get some like heat on the comment section. And it's funny and interesting. And you yep. girls who are commenting back, I'm living for it. Yeah. If you've made it this far in this episode, you're still listening. Go comment on all of our Instagram posts. <laughs> go leave like just start some shit on there. Yeah. Like That's what we want. Yeah. We want to just kind of like start some shit, you know? Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Um, And that's it for this episode. So if you want to leave a review, don't forget. You can leave us a review. And we will see you guys next week. All right. See you, everybody. Bye. Go live your story.